App Guy podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. The App Guy Podcast. And now, Paul, the App Guy. So welcome to the App Guy Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Paul Kemp, and it is with great pleasure that I have a guest tonight that is going to inspire us with his story. Um, a phenomenal guest, and let me just set this up. In the series, the App Guy Podcast, we have had a number of different uh, that relate to music. Uh, we've had a professor of music, um, we recently had a DJ, and um, I really wanted to uh, get uh, someone else that was just into music and following their passion and, and making money through their passion. And so it's with uh, a real joy that I get to chat with uh, Steve Nixon. Uh, Steve is, uh, if you just type in Steve Nixon or go to Free Jazz Lessons, you'll find a lot of stuff about uh, Steve. His bio is so long that I'm actually going to pass it over to you, Steve, to tell us a little bit about yourself. So welcome to the App Guide podcast. And perhaps you can start by just telling us about yourself and a little bit about your business. Paul, thank you so much. And it's a pleasure to be here with you in the audience. Well, it's always hard a little bit to talk about uh, some of the things you've done in the past. But I, I, I will just put it this way. I've been doing music full time for... Uh, let's see here, 13 and a half years now, and I've had the pleasure to uh, perform for audiences all over the world and play with uh, many of my heroes on, on the stage and tour with them, um, which has been a phenomenal experience. Um, from more of the online perspective, in the year 2011, on a whim, I started a jazz piano education website called freejazzlessons.com. And I'm sure we'll talk quite a bit more about uh, what's happened with freejazzlessons.com as we proceed through this interview. But that is pretty much um, the direction that my career has gone in is being the owner of this, this very popular jazz piano education website. It just shows that, you know, people listening out there, whatever the passion is that they have, they can, if they really offer their knowledge, insights, passion for free on the internet, they can actually make a business out of it. And just talk us how, you know, I mean, how, how you actually ended up setting up the website and, and really stumbling upon this idea. Well, it was the year 2011. And um, I was hanging out with a friend of mine who knew internet marketing very well, and he was also a musician. So he, uh, we were hanging out in Vegas, and he had really, really done some really cool stuff with the internet. And I asked him, I said, you know, how did, how, how did you make such impact? You know, how did, how did you change your life and, and the things you're working on so considerably? And he talked about a lot of the internet marketing things he had been doing. And, you know, I, I'm not particularly interested in, in, in working a day job. My talent and my passion is, is music. I mean, this is what I've done for a living. This is how I've designed my life. So I always, when I asked him, I wanted to know in context of how can I use the internet to sort of bring my love and passion and my brand of music out there more. So um, my friend of mine who I'm talking about is a guy by the name of Joe Lilly. 
So Joe helped me set up the very first version of freejazzlessons.com and uh, just sort of a, you know, he did a real nice job in the beginning and uh, he taught me how to kind of post on there. And I was already fairly internet savvy, but obviously after doing that, um, you know, thousands of hours of, of internet marketing at this point and establishing, you know, business practices and learning about SEO, there's, there's a much deeper knowledge at this point, but um, he set it up for me, showed me how to post and kind of how to set up the URL structures and things like that. So typical musician um, and probably very similar to a lot of the people who are listening who are, are entrepreneurs or just getting started with their careers. You're being pulled in 25 different directions. So I put up a couple lessons on there through a couple lessons on YouTube and uh, got busy, you know, didn't stick with it. And started doing some more gigs and, and a couple tours came up and I didn't touch it for a while. And I went back again just out of curiosity because it wasn't really, you know, I di didn't envision myself as being this, this online entrepreneur, so to speak. A couple months later and just to see kind of what was going on with the site. And, oh, wow, this, this site is getting a little bit of traffic now. And I went and looked at the YouTube channel and there was like 20 or 30 subscribers to it. I was like, really? People are actually watching this stuff? Okay. You know, I mean, I knew that I had that my the stuff I was putting up was was quality content, but getting the message out there is a completely different story. You know, I didn't I didn't understand that if you actually put stuff online in the right places using the right methods, you actually can get people to pay attention to you, you know? So um so I said, oh, this is kind of interesting. So I, I put up a couple more lessons when I got off of a tour and I started getting a couple emails from people. Got, got an email from somebody from Brazil. Hey, Steve, love your lesson. When are you going to put up more stuff? And I was like, yeah, right. You know, this is probably some sort of spam email, you know. <laughs> so um, yeah, I put up another lesson and again, I got an email from somebody from California. I got another email from somebody from Ukraine. I said, okay, you know what? This is apparently somewhat legitimate. Um, I had I then ended up putting up um, an AWeber sign-up form on the site so people could stay in touch and, and get my, some of my lesson announcements in the site. And slowly started, people started signing up for the email list. And I started engaging more with people and they started um, signing up for for the the lessons and traffic started going up more and I started hearing more and more from people and it encouraged me to keep putting more and more stuff out there. So um, eventually it got to the point where the site just it became extremely popular. I was spending a ton of time on it and I hadn't monetized the site at all. It was just mostly me just putting free free videos on there and free content and stuff like that. And people were asking me, hey, can I, you know, do you have any of your lessons on DVD? Where can I get more information? I love it. You know, what do, what do I, where can I learn more about improvisation? Where can I learn more about chords? And it became very clear at that point that people wanted something tangible they could hold in their hands. And that's really how I started, uh, I guess, technically speaking, monetizing the site. Um, and uh, in, from there, that's when it really turned into a legitimate full-time business. This is a lovely story, Steve. And uh, I'm sure that people are taking inspiration right now that you can just 
stumble on this thing, put content. I mean, they call it content marketing uh, now, uh, so it's got an official name, but you can put free content online and, and if you are good at what you do, uh, people will want more and they will almost lead us, lead you to uh, decide uh, that it is a legitimate business because they're asking all these different questions. So tell us um, a little bit more then about uh, what you went on to do with the site. You started, um, I guess, selling the uh, lessons and the physical products. How else did you then start to monitor, monetize this site? Okay, so when I first launched I actually, before I did internet marketing, I had a, I had a blues DVD that, uh, for that people could learn how to play blues piano with. And that, and it was a good DVD. I'm still proud of it even to this day, but I didn't really understand the, the deep level that internet can bring, you know, the, the uh, accelerator that, that having an internet presence can do for, for your product. So I had sold some copies um, but, and, you know, it was a little bit of grocery money here and there and go out and, and, um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't paying my bills full time by any means. But so I, I, th- I felt at that point that I had an understanding of maybe what the demand was and how many copies I should print up of the DVD. Um, so what I ended up doing was I printed up a hundred copies of my first Jazz Masters Method DVD, which is the first product I released through freejazzlessons.com. And uh, that was a little bit of a mistake because that was what I thought that I would sell based off of my previous Blues DVD. Uh, no, I sold that in, I think like 16 hours or something like that. So when I first launched it, it was, it was complete. I mean, looking back now at the data, it was very clear that there was this huge demand for it, but I didn't really fully get the, the possibilities behind it. Um, but previous to that, um, I did a very small amount of advertising, on the site, I had I let advertisers come in, but it wasn't something I really felt. Um, it just it didn't. It's I mean, there's a lot of people who have websites and they use it as their sole form of of revenue. But I just you know I know my products. I can control the message. I know that I put blood, sweat, and tears and passion into everything I'm putting out there. And I'm sure there's a lot of other great authors who are who are creating stuff, but. I just didn't want to send people off to stuff that I didn't, you know, I, I you know, I, I wasn't hundred percent certain of how they were running their businesses, um, what the level of quality was for them. So it was just really along the lines of that. I wanted it to, you know, keep the message a little bit tighter, so to speak. So, you know, for me, it's, it's almost always just been my own products, you know, delivering, delivering the type of stuff that my audience wants. So, you know, advertising is another option. There, of course, people can do affiliate marketing as well. But, um, but those were really, you know, they haven't been the direction that I've gone in that much. Well, this is great because when you uh, release a load of content, you can find other ways to uh, make money on that rather than just... Uh, through advertising because I always find that you know with advertising I mean it's immediately you've worked so hard to get these people to your website and then you're saying um, go, go else go elsewhere you know to these other websites through a little click of a, a banner ad or whatever the uh, a small amount of affiliate commission you make off the website so I love the fact that you are um, you know making uh, a living now through um, the f- physical sale of these products 
and I'm just thinking, you know, as app developers, we uh, could do the same as you um, in our world and um, just write uh, free content on, um, you know, how to create an app or whatever it is that we want to do and, and follow that same principle that you've done. Um, yeah, so I, I just, obviously the obvious question is, uh, have you thought about um, putting that content in an app, uh, in a native app? You know, Paul, it's funny that you say that in this interview is happening at the time it is. I've thought quite a bit and it's definitely on my list. There's there's a lot of stuff I want to be doing with apps in the future. Um, one, of the, one of the challenges that I'm currently having with my business, and this is a great challenge to have, is there's so many opportunities in so many great places. <laughs> you know, it's not a shortage. Um, it's not, I'm not, I'm not sort of twiddling my thumbs all day and saying, God, I, I don't know what to do. It's like more along the lines of, of other things of, of, uh, so many opportunities to do. So one of the, one of the things that we're definitely gonna be doing for this year is, is creating more opportunities for, for apps, because I think there's just, uh, I mean, you know, this is a no brainer, especially for people who are listening to this podcast. This is the direction in which people are, are are going in terms of of consumption you know with internet and devices well you you are now broadcasting to some of the world's uh, best app developers on the show we've had uh, some top engineers from the, the world's best app uh, companies so i'm sure that someone listening out there will um, perhaps uh, take you up on that and, and get in touch with you and um, you know, the, the thing that we need as app developers, we desperately need uh, is content because we can mm. we can put an app together and, and but it's the ability to to work with someone and, and get that content. So, for example, one of my previous guests, uh, we ended up doing a joint venture whereby he, he put his meditation uh, content. Um, uh, he gave that to me. I put it in an app and then we uh, we we released the app on the uh, Apple um, store as a native app and uh, I just wondered do you look at the statistics of your website and can you figure out the breakdown between who's coming on a mobile and who's coming on a desktop yes 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 I'm a huge 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 analytics data person right. um, okay. yeah, yeah yeah I love it I love it because I, I've, I've mentioned this in a few of the other interviews I've done before um, so music is is obviously very creative and it's very right brains and I and I love that area but I, I'm I'm sort of a I don't know maybe an atypical artist and that I also enjoy a lot of left brain stuff as well. Um, so as a kid, like I loved reading sports stats and like what happens if they if they hit go four for five on the next in the next game, what will that do for their batting average or the their field goal percentage? So. Um, so th I've, I've enjoyed reading stats and kind of looking at how data can affect things. So the cool thing about doing online stuff, especially when you're doing more of a creative field, it's sort of the merging of right brain and left brain. So what I've done is I'm, I'm in my Google, uh, Google Analytics at least an hour every day and looking at how people and my customers are interacting with my content so I can get a better opportunity to serve them better and understand what my customers want. Because there's a lot of 
things that like you get qualitative feedback. I get emails from people all the time. Hey, Steve, I like this. I didn't like this. Or can you do more of this? But there's a lot of people who are never going to write you um, a large percentage of your audience who's enjoying your content on a regular basis, but you'll never specifically hear from them. And so looking at data allows you to understand what people are really getting into and maybe some of the things that they're not getting into as much. Or along the same lines, if you have a piece of content that people are, so I have videos on a lot of my, inside my products and, and on a lot of my free blog posts, and I can look at a page and say, wow, people are on this page for eight and a half minutes. Apparently it's a good, it's a good article or a good lesson I put up, but it's not getting as much traffic. What can I do to help people so they can discover that page more? So there's like so many opportunities to, to like serve your customers better through like looking at analytics and data. Yeah, because apps are a great delivery mechanism for delivering content, premium content, uh, because, you know, you can actually uh, have a paid app, obviously, and then uh, people would pay to download your app and, and then get uh, sole use of all the different uh, lessons, the video lessons, the uh, audio stream. Uh, and plus, uh, it's obviously easier. I mean, we need to engage with people now on phones, on smartphones. I believe you've got um, an Android phone and a Google Nexus tablet. So, Exactly, exactly. Uh, just on that, um, this is the App Guide podcast. We love talking about apps. Perhaps we can have a little uh, dig into your uh, tablet and, and can hear some of the, you talk about some of the apps that you tend to use. Okay, so my favorite app, and I am, I am, on my Google Nexus 10 tablet all the time. So my favorite app, and I think you'll understand with uh, the beginning part of the interview where I talked about it, is actually something called Insight Timer. And you mentioned a meditation app. So for me, um, I have to meditate. I am, I since there's literally, I'm being pulled in so many different directions with so many different ideas and uh, the huge amount of emails we have coming in and managing my different employees and stuff like that. If I don't get in a little bit of meditation, there's this sort of underlying anxiety that happens all the time. So I use the, so when I'm meditating, I actually use this app to help me keep track of what's going on. And, um, and so that's been a huge help for me. Um, there's also something I do um, for my own practice when I'm when I'm trying to improve my musicianship, which is very much related to the business in certain ways. Because, you know, the the better I improve my skills, the more I can serve my audience in terms of teaching them new stuff or demonstrating concepts. Is I use an app called Jump, which allows me to essentially control my desktop on my tablet. So then I actually what I'll do is I'll put that. Uh, my tablet on my piano, my acoustic piano, and it sort of like functions as a makeshift uh, digital piano, so to speak. Uh, do you also um, use uh, a music streaming service like Spotify? I do. I do. I use I use that. Um, I don't use that on my app, though. I use that on my desktop. I tend to use YouTube a little bit more for if I'm listening for um, specific songs and things like that. Yeah, it's just the reason I mention it is we had a guest back um, in, I think it was episode 31, uh, Kim Nichols. She um, was talking about meditation and she uh, referred us to a great um, a piece of uh, audio uh, by Sam Jackson. And uh, yeah, it was, it was like... Um, uh, beautiful meditation music that I, I've been listening to to uh, 
try try and do a little bit of meditation myself. But uh, uh, yeah, I just thought I'd mention that. <laughs> I'm I'm writing it down as we speak. I I gotta I definitely gotta check that out. Yeah, yeah, no, it's great. So. Um, well, perhaps, I mean, you talk about meditation, maybe it's good to learn a little bit about your daily routine. And, uh, you know, as someone who's creative and then also getting pulled in all these different directions, how do you cope with the day? How do you best, uh, you know, energize yourself to get through the day and get everything done? You know, that's a good question. So I am, I have what I would say, I don't have a daily routine. I don't have, uh, I mean, there are things I do um, on a daily basis, but I don't have like at 9am I do this and at 11am I do this because, you know, the nature of, of being an artist and also being a business owner, you can kind of, you can kind of design your own day and sort of make it a little bit more flexible. So for me, I like that flexibility factor, but there are things that I do every day. So for example, I'm always trying to do a little bit of marketing every day. And what I mean by marketing, this is, and this is something we could talk about in for a whole entire podcast, but um, you mentioned the term content marketing, which is a term that I guess a lot of other people use, but for me, it's mostly, I, I like to think of it as I'm engaging with my audience. So every day, I'll sit down and do some sort of video, create something new, whether it be for a product, a free blog tip, the premium membership component of my site. So that's that is a consistent every day. Um, the other thing that I do quite a bit is I'm I'm I read a lot of books because I'm trying to learn how to become a better leader. So I'm every day I'm reading books. I practice piano every day, and I also meditate every day. Um, and then, of course, you do the normal the normal email routines and stuff like that. Now, um, I have a premium membership component of freejazzlessons.com. And so I have and there's a lot of students in there. There's a lot of people who subscribe to it. So I put out a ton of content, about two to three hours worth of very structured videos every month. So. I have to make sure that if we want to think about this more on a monthly level, that those videos are done. So sometimes I'll start and do a little bit. Um, I'll do a little bit, you know, maybe 20 minutes of it every day and just sort of that 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 takes care of the of the whole month. Or sometimes I'll just go gung ho for seven days straight and really get involved with it. So it's not so much daily routines as more of sort of like a monthly flow, if that makes sense. No, that makes a lot of sense. And it's something that I'm trying to do more of. Uh, I had this great saying, I can't quite remember where, but someone said, uh, it's better to create more than you consume. And I guess that's true in your case that, you know, you're creating these videos every day and, and doing the premium content. And, and the other thing I wanted to mention is you, you talk about doing your uh, mail e- email routine. And we have the founder of a new app called Square One Mail, which is an app uh, for Android and for Apple uh, iPhones, uh, which I think would uh, be a, a, a useful way. Uh, they're really changing the way that we think about mail. And uh, they can't believe that, you know, even today in this day and age that the uh, a promotion from Amazon gets the same weight as uh, an email from our wife or an email from our work colleague. So uh, they're changing the way we uh, use email. So that's a square one mail. I thought that was, um, you know, a useful app to to mention. 
Oh yeah, I definitely have to check that out. Um, email is such a huge part of my business and the way that I keep in touch with with um, the p different people who come to the site through autoresponders. Um, I mean, it's it's my it's my number one tool. So any any shortcut or any tip that I can pick up as far as email is great. So I'm I'm writing that down as we speak. That's what I love about these interviews that. that I do is that I, I learn just as much as sharing information with other people. So let's talk about your um, online profile and how you've really built this up so that you've become a bit of a star on the internet. You know, what, what have you been doing to, uh, you know, get all these different podcast interviews and uh, blogging? Perhaps you could talk a little bit about, you know, your online uh, profile building. Okay. Well, It really, the first place that anybody needs to start with is that if you're going to put something out there and it doesn't need to be perfect, but I, so I call myself, this is my philosophy for any piece of content that I put out there. Um, I call myself a 99% perfectionist. And essentially what that means is I do the best job I can and I work insanely hard trying to make sure that my content is good, but I can still sleep at night. You know, so that's that's why I call myself a 99% perfectionist. Um, so I think it, it really comes from the place of that I, I have a uh, what I've put out for, over the course of the last few years for my for my stuff is I really try to to even when I wasn't making money, I tried putting it out at an extremely high professional level. And so I think people resonate with that. And that's how you build this fan base. This is how you build people who are actually paying attention to what you have to say and your message and your passion because you're making their lives better. You know, you're putting you're putting care into helping them improve themselves, whether it be through, um, you know, music or improving their app programming or improving their understanding of finances or improving their understanding of internet marketing, whatever your particular calling is. So when someone can build a fan base and they have people listening to them, it's, you, you want to know that's the, that's how people are. A lot of times people will reach out to me, you know, how have you gotten this YouTube following? How, you know, how do you have all these email subscribers? And so um, that's really what it's come down to. Now, I have done a couple other interviews on some some pretty popular sites, which I think has kind of helped out as well. So Pat Flynn, um, I'm sure a lot of your audiences will be familiar with Pat Flynn from Smart Passive Income. So uh, I appeared on that podcast and Pat's a good friend of mine. And, and man, what a good guy. And just for some of the people who don't know Pat personally, um, the, that, that go luck, you know, just sort of happy, generous, um, good guy attitude he has on his blog. That's real. 100% real. This is how Pat is. I mean, Pat and I hung out uh, a few months back in Chicago uh, when we just hung out the whole evening and it was, it, I haven't had that much fun in, in, in ages. Cause he's just, he's just a good guy. And so Pat has this huge audience and that's, that's really been helpful. I think a lot of people wanted to, especially after that interview, reach out to me. Uh, I've appeared on Entrepreneur on Fire, John Lee Dumas's interview and John's got, man, his production and the way that he does his, uh, his work ethic. I mean, I, I, I love that. John Lee Dumas does this seven day or I think it's it's either five or seven days a week podcast, which is which is, you know, 
insane in its in its focus and i i just love that right there so a lot of people listening in that as well and so how did those opportunities come about was that uh through uh, an email that you got from these guys and uh yeah because you know i think people listening you know would love to build up a profile like you have and uh, you know it's useful to take tips and and get some guidance from you and and how you really attracted these uh, these initial responses from you know these top podcasters and that well pat and i started inter- uh, emailing back and forth fairly early in uh, in the early days of freejazzlessons.com so a lot of people don't know this but pat's also a musician um and he doesn't play for a living but you know he studied trumpet for a long time so we have that in common um i also th- you know, I, I have I'm very respectful of how busy Pat is. So when him and I email back and forth, I'm not I, I didn't ask him nineteen thousand questions. I just, you know, peeked in my head metaphorically speaking here and there and we, we just sort of stayed in touch and we sort of built this friendship. He knew I was launching the DVD and we sort of, you know, he wanted to know how it did. And and I was very honest with him. I said, it did amazing. You know, people, I it, it exploded when I when I bought it. And I couldn't believe the amount of people who were interested in it. And, and it got to the point where it became very clear that, that his audience, as far as podcasts, would want to hear something like that. Because there's a lot of musicians who listen to Pat as well. And the thing, whether you be a programmer, an entrepreneur, a musician, I, we're all artists in one way or another. You know, it's an artistic endeavor of creating something. We're building something that did not exist before. So, you know, I think I think they they respond to that. So that that's how the Pat Flynn interview sort of came up. And then for John Lee Dumas, since I know that Pat and John are friends, and I listened to John Lee's podcast many times, I just dropped him an email and said, hey, man, you know, I, I would I would love to share with your audience and, and kind of, you know, do a give and take session. I've learned a lot from your show and anything I can do to give back, love to do. So then John had me on a show. And then from there, it just like I get I get three or four emails a week as far as interviewing requests, <laughs> yeah. they're fun. They're fun. They're really fun. You know, it's it's cool to be able to connect with new people. And man, I've met I've met so many. I mean, it's it's great to be able to connect through music, but I've met so many other new people and business owners and movers and shakers in the online world just through these interviews as well. Well, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of indie app developers now who are listening who are taking notes and just the way you've approached this. Uh, it's a phenomenal story, and it's great to. You know, really uh, just hear from you how uh, there was no big plan, no big strategy. You just started doing what you loved, put it online and it started snowballing and uh, you, you really did made some of the right decisions going along and just focusing on your content. So um, it's a really good lesson for all of us. You know, as we wrap this up towards we're getting towards um, a half an hour mark, is there any um, area you feel we haven't touched that the you know, you'd like to share with the, the audience any wisdom that you would like to leave uh, leave us to ponder? Well, I, I think for a lot of people, what they struggle with, especially for people who are, um, you know, have a toe, one toe, they just, they just started maybe their first website or they just started working on, on their first app. It's it's sticking with it. And so this is one of the biggest pieces of advice I can give people is consistency. So if you're looking for this made for Hollywood story of like, gosh, you know, I, I, I 
put this I put this one video out there and it went viral. And we all hear stories about about this stuff happening. Or, you know, I, I put up this one blog post and it got featured on on the BBC. And all of a sudden I had 17 trillion visitors in 15 seconds and I became uber rich. And, <laughs> and like, you know, I mean, yeah, those stories happen, but they're so rare compared to the people who just sort of sit down every day and they try to improve that process they 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 try to improve their product improve their website engage with their audience more keep the positive flow going so that would be the biggest piece of advice i would give people out there is to stick with it and be as consistent as possible even so right now if you're listening and you have another job and you have uh three kids and family and obligations and you're you're in um you're a, a deacon at your church and you've got all these different things going on or fill in the blank of all all the different things you can be pulling your way um you might say oh god I, if only i had nine hours a day to to sit down and do app programming or practice piano or work on my website whatever it is yes that would be great but uh, but it doesn't necessarily always open up like that but you do have 20 minutes a day. I'm sure you could find that. Maybe you don't watch as many cat videos on YouTube. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, watch one less television program and just sit down and, and, and put out a video. Put out a new blog post. Look at your Google Analytics and see, hey, well, you know what? This was a little bit more of a popular article than another. Um, so sitting down every day and just try to do a little bit of something, that is the uh, recipe for success. So it's not it's not the sexiest thing in the world. I wish I could sell you guys a 1995 uh, program in three easy installments and you'll be super rich, but that's not really how it works. You know, it's, it's about sitting down every day and just trying to improve the process. And over the course of a period of time, these small little wins add up. Um, so just, you know, in my situation, I mean, I didn't, like I said, I didn't monetize a site for a long time, but I just sort of sat down every day and, um, just had these small little wins. And then when it, by the time it was time to monetize, it just went crazy, but it wasn't like, okay, cool. I did this one video and things went crazy. It's this, this is not how it works. Yeah. It's all the hard work behind it. And, you know, I do. Uh, like to think and maybe it's a little bit of a stretch but uh, uh, as uh, you know this is the app guy podcast and we're app developers and stuff that we perhaps are a little bit uh, artistic in our uh, endeavors as well because you know we have this creative platform that's uh, android and uh, iphone and uh, that we can just really be creative with our artistic endeavors with uh, apps so um, and you, the other thing I was just thinking about in terms of your story is uh, that, you know, you're giving away a lot of this stuff for free, which has led to where you've got to now, uh, which is completely the opposite thinking to, you know, the music industry in general and music labels who were going around uh, in the late um, 90s, early two, 2000s, uh, suing everyone for downloading free music. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they didn't really get it, I guess, at the time where, you know, music does something to us uh, we fall in love with the music we have emotions and we engage with those artists and uh, and we become big fans of the artist and, and you know that whole engagement i think is what perhaps the music labels missed um, early on in the, the, the millennium when um, they were going around suing people for all this uh, illegal uh, downloading 
Absolutely, absolutely, and that's and that's an interesting statement right there about um, you know that's an it was what the record labels had going on it was an it was an older model of business and and they something they they had great power and great control of and they were pretty darn good at it too and so when that model started breaking down they did everything in their power to try to keep it in place but it just didn't matter you know the the uh the walls that that held it up or the infrastructure just really started collapsing from the inside well it's been a real joy and i think i could uh, chat to you all evening steve but uh, i know that um, we've got to draw this to an end now so perhaps we could just uh, leave it with you telling us uh, how to get in hold hold of you how to reach out and connect with you well, Paul, I'd like to thank you again for the interview and allowing me to share with your audience. The best way to get in touch with me would be to visit me at freejazzlessons.com. Um, and you can reach uh, the email will get to me through the contact form. Um, it'll it'll go into the, uh, the customer service file, but uh, I'm happy to engage with any of the audience there. Um, and also, I have another website of which we didn't really talk that much about, but I've also started a more generalized piano website for people who want to learn other styles of music as well, uh, pianolessonsonline.com. So they can also visit me and find me there as well. And I, and I look forward to, to talking and engaging with with any of your audience yeah no we would uh, i'm sure you'll be getting a few responses from the appeal for apps and uh, we love to write apps and uh, you know given that you've got all this rich content you're an ideal person to have perhaps a joint venture with or uh, you know some way of uh, you know someone writing you an app and and then you delivering the content within that app and uh, then having that up in the app store as a either a paid app or, or some way of monetizing it but uh, hey listen it's been great thanks for joining us on the app guide podcast uh, if you're listening you go to onemob.com and hit the podcast link with steve nixon and you'll see all the show notes uh, i put in there as well the things that we've mentioned but it just leaves me to say steve thanks for joining us and uh, we really wish you all the best with your future and we'd love to have you on uh, again some other time sounds great paul thanks for having me here Thank you for listening to this podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. If you want to be a guest on the show or suggest someone, then please send an email to info at onemob.com. The App Guy Podcast. 